0: Welcome to the Roadie Runback. I'm your host, Jeff Marone, and I have a great guest for you guys today, Transit East head football coach, Coach centauri And I'm happy to bring to you an RI Sports Focus podcast where a do a deep dive into our college, high school, and sports programs across our great state of Rhode Island. Here we go. Welcome to the Rode Runback, episode 12. And today I have a great interview for you guys today with a head coach of Cranston East football, Coach Tom Satori. Coach talks about how he got introduced to the game at a young age, his time playing football for his dad, and his transition to coaching, and much more. You guys can watch this episode on YouTube by searching the Rode Runback, or if you are driving or running or at work, you can stay here and listen to the episode. Remember to subscribe to both. The show on YouTube and all po- and on all podcast platforms. I appreciate you guys and our audience every day. Without you, we wouldn't be here where we are today. So here is our interview with Coach Tom Sintori, the head coach of Cranston East Football. He is a two-time Super Bowl champion and the head coach of Cranston East Football. I welcome on today's
1: special guest, Coach Santori. Uh, How are you today?
2: Good, thank you. I'm doing well.
1: <laughs> <laughs> That's good, Coach. How are you holding up during these times?
2: It's, it's been different, but you know I think it's given me an opportunity to slow down a little bit. Not that I, you know, so that's been a big plus. Um, probably taking care of myself a little more um, and finding out, you know, that some things aren't as important as other things. <laughs> you don't have to wait for a game. You know, you can. There are other things you can do. So that's been a an eye opening uh, six months for me in terms of that is concerned. So that's, that's good. Been yeah. yeah,
1: that's good. I mean, it, it's uh, it's always a good time to. Try to learn new things or try to pick right. up the new or figure out a lot how of
2: hobbies, fix things, take care of things, and uh, just like I said, probably more take care of myself, doing things for myself. That as a coach and a teacher, a lot of times you spend time taking care of everybody else and not yourself. Yeah. It's okay. It's just sometimes you need to step back and take care of yourself.
1: That's true. Well, that makes well, uh, coaches and teachers such great people because right. they, they care about so. Many other people and, uh, you We've know. First, first, right? Yeah, exactly. Put other people first before themselves. That's what sure. makes you guys about great and amazing people out there. And uh, we really appreciate you guys as well. Thank you. So, Thank you. Uh, Coach, you know, before, you know, we get into uh, talking about how you started at Cranston East and um, coaching there, I want to I get into a, a little bit of a background. Coach, when did you start playing football? And was there a position that you really liked and that you were able to play growing up?
2: So, so my background that, uh, you know, I don't know if you, you know, I, I'm from a football family. Yeah. My father was a longtime Rhode Island high school football coach. Um, he started, my dad started coaching in 1946 right after graduating high school. Wow. So he coached from 1946 till he, he left, he, he sort of retired when he came with me when he was about 70. He stopped coaching when he was probably about 81, 82. Uh, maybe even a little longer than that. Okay.
1: Yeah. Wow, that's great. Cool. Okay. But my dad was
2: a, um, so he was a high school football coach um, at Cranston East. He, he started in 46, and then he went to Cranston East as um, a teacher in 1957. And my dad was a football coach there for um, 15 years as a guy. Well, he was a guidance counselor and history teacher like I am. I, I'm in guidance. So I, I'll tell you that story. But he, I actually replaced him. I've been teaching thirty-two years. I replaced my father ten years ago in his position. When he retired, wow. I took over his job as the guidance counselor, one of the guidance counselors, Grant East But. So he um he went to Johnston and he was a football coach at Johnston from seventy-three to two thousand three and he was the head coach from seventy-nine to 03. Wow. And so I played for my father and starting in nineteen eighty one. And uh, I played I was a quarterback for him. I played uh, I was a kicker, I was a punter. I did it all he <laughs> years. And, uh, you know, so I had an opportunity to play for him. And uh, so I never played youth football. He never allowed me to. Really? He, uh, he didn't think it was the best thing for me, but he allowed me to play basketball and other sports, baseball, but never allowed me to play football as a youth. He thought it was better that I developed my, you know, ready and he thought if you're a good enough athlete, you can play once you get to high school. So I did. I was able to play eighth grade and ninth grade, which was freshman football back then. Yeah. you know, you could do that, but, um, so I never really played, but I was a quarterback, and uh, I played for him as a quarterback starting in the sophomore year, and it was tough, him being, you know, I played for my dad, so it was a, it was tough on me, but it was good, yeah. you know, <laughs> yeah. he, he did a lot, but then I went, um, so I was a three, you know, I played three sports in high school, football, basketball, and baseball, all three seasons, unusual now to see that, but yeah. <laughs> um, that was just a norm back in the 80s, uh, you know, 30-something years ago, 35 years ago, and it was the norm, and then um, I actually uh, went to the University of Rhode Island, and played there as well from '84 to '87. Wow. So I was on a couple of good teams my first two years. Um, we had two uh, very good football teams back back then, and then I graduated from the University of Rhode Island in 1988 after that season. So I was lucky to fortunate to play play there, and then I got into coach as soon as I finished. I not, I mean, I grew up around football. I mean, I'd be on the field when I was five and six years old. So, yeah. But I tell everybody I started getting paid as a coach because I felt like I was a coach. Even the years I was young, I was still helping out as a coach. I knew, you know, I, I just was in the business, like as far as film and teaching kids. And, you know, I'd be a young kid, 11, 12, 13, talking about, to the players about the game of football. Like I knew I knew more about the other teams than they did. Wow. I gave them scouting reports because I watched the film yeah. So I got a lot of, I got a lot of experience doing that. And, um, he, um, you know, so when I retired, when I left, when I graduated, '88, I started coaching with my dad at Johnston. And so I was with him for 14 years. And then finally in 2003 is when, um, he's, you know, I've been teaching in Cranston since 1988. It's my 32nd year of teaching. Wow. wow. That's so I was, a, yeah, so a long time. I mean, I started at 21, so I was young yeah, yeah. Uh, teaching. so right out of college I got a job in Cranston but in 03 I went to Cranston East and my father was still the head coach at Johnston but he retired from Johnston and he came with me um, to be my assistant coach wow that's awesome so that's awesome. it was great it was and he was still a guidance counselor in the building I was not in the building so he handled all the day-to-day operations until I got there in 2010 wow that's crazy so, yeah it's quite a background of you know coaching. So, but. You know, I grew up around Cranston East football, you know, probably, you know, five and six years old, but I always, then at Johnston after that, but my first experience with high school football was at Cranston East as a, you know, five and six-year-old, you know, so <laughs> very young, but yeah, I didn't so have to you... practice so <laughs> you, that's sort you... of the, what's that? Is it said, were you out there calling plays? Uh, no, I years? wasn't calling plays, but I, I was holding dummies talking to them, but I was running when i was at when he was at johnston i was running scout team plays at 10 and 11 wow that's crazy oh yeah i was a quarterback the scout team quarterback and oh yeah very young so <laughs> wow. that's my crazy football background in terms of you know but i you know I'm very fortunate that you know i got a chance to follow on my you know in my dad's footsteps that you know he didn't retire from Cranston East as a teacher until he was 80 years old that's crazy you know? so yeah so he really enjoy like he he was there for fifty. You know, I don't even know. He started in the fifties, fifty-seven, and then he retired in two thousand ten. Wow! Wow! So um, you did really lucky. see. Yeah, very lucky to be. Yeah. So that was my that's my football background in terms of everything. So you know, we had some success at Johnston when we were there, and uh, you know, I had an opportunity to you know do a lot with him as, in terms of you know co co coaching with him in terms of really two of us together did a lot together. That's amazing. You know? that's, yeah, so really, very lucky, you know.
1: Yeah, that's really cool. That's really cool that you got to have that experience with your father and like yep. learn, learn from him and you know yeah. grow grow with him. I mean, you you sound like he was that coaching influence was on you since you were young, absolutely, young and then, and then it carried over to the college and
2: everything. And he's and he's influenced a lot of you know. And I think his background there were – in Rhode Island right now there are four of us as head coaches that played for him. Wow. So, I, you know, Dino at Shea Campo Piano, at yeah. Shea High School. Um, David Cato, who's at West Warwick High School, and he's the head coach. And um, Joe Machado, who's at Johnston now. They all we all played for my father. So he's had a lot, and a lot of assistant coaches throughout the state that played for him who've stayed in the game because of his influence. Have gone into education, you know. So that's you know, it's it's something that you know a lot of us do but um we we're very fortunate you know that we we're able to um play for them and then coach with them some of us you know so
1: yeah that's that's absolutely amazing that's a really cool really 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 cool story of like how you got into coaching and like having yeah. having your dad as your I had no
2: choice but that was it. I just that was it I was destined to be and I enjoy it it's just I was destined to be you know, that's just what we do, you know. Yeah. I, it's Without football in the fall, be a, it's a little strange, you know. Like, it's not it's the first time and I know, like I said, 32 years this year would be being a paid football coach. But in terms of, like, football, it's been since the early 70s.
1: Yeah, that has to be – that has to be a weird feeling, too, of not yeah. being able to have that um... – not having football and getting into that like regular routine of just getting ready for it when that when that time comes.
2: It is. It's very different now. Like just, you know, with work, like as a routine in the fall is August practice, you know, getting ready in the August and then getting ready for, uh, you know, school and work after school going. On. But so the routine has now changed in terms of you have some normalcy after school in the fall, which is none of us are used to, you know, football yeah. coaches, you know, very different.
1: Yeah, I, I spoke to one football coach and he said the um over at Bryant, the head football coach of Bryant, he said the same thing. It's like the first time, I think, in like is it 49 years of his life? They never really or like,
2: uh, yeah, every a long before. time because he's a young guy, he's probably you know, he's probably in his 50s. You talking about Chris Merritt,
1: yeah, yeah, uh, yeah,
2: yeah, so he's probably. He's in his probably mid fifties, maybe something like that. A little yeah. bit, maybe. A year, but he's been doing it his whole life too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Same thing. I'm going, you know, same number of years, and you just, it's just very different now without with everything that's going on, you know. So that's change true. your routine. Like Friday night, like I'd be ready to go to the, I'd be already at the school right now, getting ready for a game tonight.
1: Yeah, yeah, exactly. So, so <laughs> we would be having this conversation. If we, we would not, everything. not now, no. <laughs> <laughs>
2: <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah so i'll be different you know
1: yeah so um, that's, that's a big big change of everything yeah it, it, it's not it's gonna be tough you know you also you said you mentioned you played at ur did you play with steve coach store as well too
2: absolutely yeah <laughs> yes. so, so yeah coach store is a, a friend of mine um he played steve graduated i graduated in 87 steve graduated in 80 i'm sorry i graduated in 88 he graduated in 86 I believe it was. And he played, uh, yeah, he was, he was on those teams that I played. So when I got there as a freshman, he was in his sophomore year. Yeah. So he's a couple of years older than me. Um, we played against each other in high school Yeah. at Cranston West and I was at John at Johnston. So he was a very good, he was a good football player, even at, you know, in high school, he's very good. He was a tight end in high school. Then he moved to offensive line in college and he was very good. Yeah. Very good football player. And he, and then we became, you know, rival coaches. I was at, he was at West, I was at East and yeah. we were playing against each other for the last, other than the last two years, it was 15 years of competing against each other. That's crazy. That's yeah. funny how, like how small that world yes. is. You guys <laughs> <end> up, <laughs> no, he's like, a good friend and he's, <laughs> a, he's a good person. He's a, he's a friend of mine. I consider him a, a good friend. Yeah, yeah. He's, he was a nice guy. He also has been, he's also been on the show as well. Yeah. Too. He's, I'm, he's, I'm looking for, I'm happy for him that he's back in coaching at Westerly. That's awesome. I'm very happy for him. Like, he's, he's going to do well. That'll be be a good spot for him.
1: Yeah. Yeah. He, he was excited to take it. And I'm, happy. Mm-hmm. I'm sure Wesley's lucky to have him. And
2: Yeah. yeah he's good. A good job. He'll, he's very, very passionate, very loyal, very, you know, hardworking. Yeah. He loves football.
1: It's not like you guys just sound like you both just love football. Yep. Both football guys as well, right? Yes, right? <laughs> yeah. Football guys. Yes. He,
2: yes. <laughs> he's a phys ed teacher, football coach. I was an elementary teacher guidance counselor (laughs) high school guidance counselor so uh, same same pathway you know exactly yep that's awesome (laughs) what's it you know when you
1: take over a head coaching job what's it like to start to create your own legacy I mean your father obviously is a legend and what I spoke of and how many years he coached and just you know working with him how do you kind of you know build your own legacy away from him or like you know following his footsteps
2: so when I when I got to Cranston East in oh three I mean, I, Cranston, you know, back history of it, Jeff, the Cranston football back in the 50s, 60s, 70s, mid-70s, late 70s, was, was dominant football. Yeah. Like it was Cranston High School. Then it became Cranston East because they split the two schools into East and West in the late 60s. Oh, wow. So there was only one high school. So Cranston High School was good, but Cranston East was very good in football. And then, you know, they had a little bit of struggles in the 80s, but then they won a state championship in the late 80s. And um, they, they won a, you know, Super Bowl, they beat Rogers High School, who was way back then, way before <laughs> your time, was dominant. Rogers High School football was dominant. There was no – Hendrick and LaSalle not what they are now. Really? Um, East Providence was good back then. Rogers, you know, those types of schools were very good. Even Portsmouth was not – that's not what it was back then, you know. And um, so – you know, as far as, like, when I got there in '03, they had struggled a little bit. They The numbers were down a little bit, and there were a lot of reasons. I mean, I, I don't know what it was, but I just know when I when I arrived at Cranston East that my first thing was just to get the kids interested out onto the field because yeah. the numbers were a little down, and kids maybe just didn't want to. I don't know the reason, but I think what you do is you got to find your own identity, and you got to just trust yourself that you get to get – I personally think that you need to get kids to believe in you and trust you, and the first thing I always told them was – you know, I got to be able to trust you to play, but I said, you have to trust me that I'm going to do the right thing. And, you know, I think my first goal was to get kids out and then go from there. So I can you know, my first contact was with a lot of the older kids who were seniors who were going to be um, part of that team who really hadn't had a lot of success. And I reached out to them when I had a meeting, I went to school and I, the basics of a sign up like we all did yeah. in the cafeteria. And, yeah. yep. and you know, we all know that story. Yeah, And, oh, yeah. and, the kids and uh, you know, I had a chance to meet them and uh, talk to them. And uh, they knew who my father was through the school like they had known him. But I think it was important that I got to know them. So my first year, you know, I think they had something like 28 to 30 kids my first the year before I got there. In our first year, we had a freshman team with about 25 kids. And we had a varsity team with close to 45 to 48 kids. Wow. So the numbers jumped, almost doubled in that one year. But the big thing was, the one thing I did not want to do is I did not, I wanted to do things my way and set up things my way in terms of how we run practice, what the expectations were. And the big thing was, is I didn't want to lose anybody. So my goal was to get the same number of kids and finish with the same number of kids, because I knew we'd probably struggle being the first year and get better, but we did, we kept that year, you know, we probably started with, like I said, 45 to 50 varsity kids and 25 freshmen. And I think I lost maybe one or two kids at the most by the end of the season. Wow, that's really so good. It was, and we were young. We started uh, very few seniors because there weren't many. And our best senior, you know, we had a senior quarterback who didn't play for a year because he was unhappy. I do not know. He didn't like playing. I don't know what the But I reached out to him personally. Yeah. I said, we need you to come back. He was a sophomore starter, didn't play as a junior. I went to meet him personally. And he said, I'll do it. And he stuck with us. yeah, And he really got us through that season. Wow. And our best player that year was a, uh, one of my uh, – actually, our basketball – kid who's played for me that year was a senior named Isaiah McDaniel, yeah. who was the head basketball coach. But Isaiah has been on my coaching staff since, since 2000. And, you know, he graduated in 2004. He's been on my staff since about 2006 or 2007. Wow. That's and we've become very good friends. He's like – you know, he teach, he's a teaching assistant in our building. So him from that first staff – uh, first team is now part of my coaching staff and we've become very close friends he's somebody that you know he's, he's my offensive coordinator he's like my top you know but I've seen him grow he's now has a family with three little girls and it's just so it was a long process to get it going and you know that first year was tough because we struggled early we really yeah. did yeah. Um, but the last three games we played really 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 well you know, and I knew we had so many returners the next year and uh, it was just trust. And I told the kids, I just, just, you have, I have to trust you and you have to trust me. And that was a, that's how I build our program on, on trust and believing in that you're going to do the right thing when you're not with me. That's great. I think that's a, a good, a good mentality. I have a great,
1: you know, yeah. a great culture to bring into the program, you know, just yeah. that trust everyone, trust everyone and, right. uh, you know, was,
2: you're be successful along the way. That's what I thought was important to start a program. And I got to, I had to trust the coaches that they were going to, be behind me and not, you know, I never wanted I never wanted it to be that, you know, I brought a couple of my own guys in, but then there were other people I brought on who I didn't really know. I knew of them and I brought them on and, um, you know, I just had to explain to them. I said, listen, I just need to know that if something goes bad, we're all on the same page that, you know, if I make a bad call or somebody says something, you're not like, you're backing us. We're all, all of us are together. And uh, those guys that were on that staff that first year had played at East, they had coached actually on the previous staff. Oh, wow. so it could have been a little bit of a, um, you know, it could have been a little bit because you know issues. But what ended up happening is those those guys became very close friends of mine as well as we worked our way through. And you know, it's been a it's been a good you know a good run in terms of coaches. I've been very lucky with my staff.
1: That's awesome. That's great. It sounds like you always. It sounds like your staff is. And you're, I'm sure your past players and players yeah. now—it just sounds like you've become an extension of the family, right? yep,
2: yeah, that's the way we look at it. They all continue part of it. And those kids now are—you know, this would be my 18th year, and I never really think of myself as old. I'm, you know, 53, and I don't look at feel myself that way. Like I feel like I'm okay. And but those guys really are now in their, their 30s, 35, 36, having children, families. You know, <laughs> it's just very, very, very unique, and you never think you're going to get to that point. And Cranston East has not had a lot of football coaches in terms of like long term Stebbins, you know the original Ted Ed Stebbins who was the longtime coach at Cranston's the field at Cranston Stadium. I'm sure you've been there. I don't know if you've been to the stadium. Right? Yeah, they played, played so, there. So. You played there, right? So yeah. the field's been named after him, the original. He was the longest coach. Um, you know, I don't know how long, but he was the longest active coach, and then his son took over for probably I think he was the coach for maybe close to 15 to 20 years and then other than that like it's pretty cool like I'm going on 18 and I'm probably the might be the longest second longest coach in school history that you know so there's a lot of history and tradition that I certainly respect you know yeah I want to make you know make them proud you know that's awesome yeah it sounds like you like
1: really do like respect the history and the, no. like all the past and everything like that. It just sounds like you're a very, uh, respectful, like guy. And you like have a lot of, like, you care about other
2: people. And it sounds like you no. you, you don't talk bad about anything. That's, no. that's great. You can just
1: tell by the way you're talking.
2: And yeah, just, I do. I, I try to give everybody the benefit of the doubt. And I do it with the kids too. I mean, I'll get mad at them, but they know, I mean, I don't swear on the football field. Like it's a rarity that you even like people hear it, if it ever comes out of my mouth that <laughs> it's, um, they can't believe they know I'm mad if I swear. Yeah, I was gonna say it's just not my just not my style. My style is more. I might yell at them, but my style is more of a supportive, you know. Yeah. You know, and that's why the kids. I I personally think a lot of times that's why the kids come back. Yeah. Know, you know, they might be might not be happy with their playing time, or they might not get enough carry or whatever it is. But nobody's ever been know disrespectful because i think as a staff we try to treat them the right way you know that's a
1: perfect that's a perfect way to do it and i lo- i like the way you don't swear that's that's awesome yep. you really yeah, don't. i'm do not saying i haven't
2: but <laughs> yeah <laughs> you but try people, not to at least people at least know when i do if i if, if ever comes out of my mouth a swear word um <laughs> they know that i'm really mad because in all the years like i said and my father my father was an old school Vince body grab your face mask you know that type for the two hours of practice when it was over, he was the quietest person yet. He Yeah, He never talked. He never, he never said a word. He was the most mellow individual you ever want to meet after the field practice was over. Wow. He didn't say much. He was calm. Even in the locker room after practice, after a bad practice, he'd go up to the kids and pat them on the back. And once the field was over, that was it. And, in all the years he coached, I've never, and you know, and that's why I think it's the way I am, Jeff, a little bit. I've never swore. He's never – my father never swore. Really? Never, never, ever came out of his mouth. Wow, that's that's crazy. But, but you know the old school coaches, how they used to be. You know, yeah. what you could – you don't grab face masks today. You don't – you just don't do those things. Yeah. Back then, they did in the 70s, the 650s. <laughs> yeah, it was a lot, Yeah, it was, it was a lot, But it's yeah. different, and you don't do that. But yeah. that's one thing that, you know – you just don't need to be that way you can be a tough coach but you don't need to be crazy and chaotic
1: yeah yeah so, oh yeah definitely i think i think style, coaching styles have changed over the years i mean just witness it um you know from when i was a kid yeah you know i played in the early 2000s and had right. some crazy coaches and then now <laughs> going to going into the coaching go i i coach basketball too and going into the coaching do you style, coach. I was coaching at Wheeler High School. Oh yeah, yeah. In North Stone, uh, in North Stone, the the small Connecticut school yeah. over there. So I was coaching basketball there. Uh, and it's just it's funny, like with my old former basketball coach, it's funny, like his style has changed too. Were at Wesley, you said? Yeah, he was at Wesley on uh, Neil Cobley. Do you? I know, know that him? name. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. 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 So that was my. Um,
2: you played play football. What's that? Did you play football for? Co- oh no.
1: No, I didn't play football. I played. Oh. Oh, I played okay. soccer. I yeah.
2: I had migraines.
1: I didn't want to. No, I don't blame like, you. Yeah, it's, yeah. A, it's like, yeah. Coach Reed, I had Coach Reed for gym, and he yeah. was yeah. He was really, uh, really nice yeah. guy. And Coach Samaggio, right? Yep. Yep. Yeah, and great friend. Yep. great guys. Yeah, but it's yeah, yep. it's it's funny how the coach's style changes over the years. And it does know, like, yeah. How, how um, you just have to be
2: easy to. Talk a certain way and handle yourself. Right.
1: A way. you do. Been, you have yeah. to do
2: things differently today, but if you can't adjust, then it becomes a problem in coaching. Yeah, definitely, big time.
1: Mm-hmm. It's a big issue. But
2: what you know, and then
1: so you win, you won you won a couple, a couple Super Bowls, and yep. two, you know, two division champs as well. Too, as well as what, what,
2: what's that like? What was it feel so, to be a part of those teams? Well, it, it, it's rewarding. We certainly, you know like i said if i look back on history when i got there in 03 we were not very good but we got better and then in 04 uh, my second year was we had started two freshmen in 03 oh. and we all sophomores and maybe four seniors that year so the next year we ended up making the playoffs and we were one play away from going to um probably the super bowl that year as well wow oh four yeah we we got we got a bad call up at cumberland i'll never forget it and <laughs> You know, coaches, you remember that. And yeah, yeah. We, we had a game we could have won seven six and we went for two to win it. We scored the touchdown. The two-point play at a six-four wide receiver, and the official called it good. And the guy came running down from the other side, said he pushed him off and he called it. We lost the game seven six. Oh. We would have been playing probably in another Super Bowl in 04. But that year we had a very good team. Um we actually uh you know we didn't, but the following year in 05. We ended up being division champs that year with uh, Tolman. We lost to them during the season. Yeah. We ended up beating them in the Super Bowl in a great football game. And that was the first Super Bowl victory at Cranston East in a long time, uh, since 87. And then, um, you know, 07, we won a division champ. We were co-champs there that year as well. And we got beat in the semifinals and um, Division Two. now. We were down in Division Two at that time. And then We were very successful, and now that forced us to to D1 starting in 2010. (laughs) So everybody said Cranston East is back, and it was great to be in Division One. And our first, you know, so we, you know, we had our battles in D1. We ended up, um, no, so D2 we won those couple of titles, you know, those regular season and the Super Bowl. But then in 2010, our first year in Division One, we started off own four. Wow. We lost our first four games. It was brand new to us. Yeah, yeah. We won our last four. And we beat LaSalle pretty handily in 2010. Um, that was a big win for us, our first really big Division One game. And then uh, so we, we were 500 there. 2011, we returned to a fairly young team. But then in 12, 13, and 14, we were a very good football team. We, uh, we, we you know, we ended up making the playoffs all three years. Yep. Um, in 2012, we ended up in fourth place, but a good team. We, it was us, LaSalle. Portsmouth and Cranston East, we were the teams, and we lost to Hendrickson in the playoffs in a very – I was a 28-21. Oh, no. Yep. And then in 2013, we had many returners coming back. Uh, you know, a handful of them, and we ended up uh, coming in uh, fourth place that year again, and we – Barrington won the division, oh, wow. and we beat Barrington in the playoffs pretty handily, and we played in the Division One Super Bowl against Hendrickson. Oh, wow. And we ended up getting beat 45-34. Great football game yeah, exactly. great game and then fourteen, we went back to the playoffs again in 14 we went back and we lost to LaSalle twenty one fourteen in the semifinals and we were probably one play away, an interception away from playing in a, another super Bowl Wow you know so but by going into division one we've had to ha- we've had our battles with you know so we had very good years and th- so we were forced you know we were one of the top teams, but we were the top public school for quite a while yeah um fifteen we very young. And sixteen, seventeen. What you are talking about? We won co champions with LaSalle two years in a row. Oh wow! Uh, they had lo- their crossover game was Hendricken, and we our lo- our only loss was to LaSalle. Oh wow! That's... Both years during the regular season, we only lost to LaSalle. Wow! Um, and then uh, that that playoff year sixteen, we lost to Hendricken again in the playoffs. Yeah, <laughs> he beat us in a tight game. Um, and then. Uh, I'm sorry, we lost to the Portsmouth that year. They're a very good team. Then 17, we went to Hendricken. We lost to them, but that put us in the Division One Super Bowl as opposed to the state championship. Yeah, you know, so they've been our Hendricken and LaSalle have always been our. I think we've had some really good football teams. It's unfortunate, and they 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 just are what they are, and we just had a tough yeah. time beating them. You know. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It, it made it tough for us and then 18 we were from playoffs and last year we didn't win a game never happened in all my my whole career oh, but we started six freshmen oh wow uh, so it was a very so this team coming back was going to be pretty good coming back that's right you i know?
1: actually read, I read an article about you saying that yeah you're saying yeah. the 2020 squad was going to be
2: much better yeah like i said we have a quarterback our quarterback you know we have a kid that's transferring in who's going to be a sophomore is a very good quarterback so that Last year, our quarterback was more of a running back and a oh, wow. uh, good, smart kid. And he did it because we asked him to. And, uh, but, you know, so we've been through the cycle about being in, you know, people, for, you know, sometimes we were in D1 and, you know, people didn't have to face the teams we had to play. And sometimes you get a false sense of, I'm really good. But when you go and play up there, and they've changed Division one since we've been in it. When we first got in there from 2010 to 2014, you played Hendrick and Ann LaSalle. Yeah. You played everybody nine games and that's who you play now it's been watered down a little bit where there's two divisions of seven and you only have to play one of the schools. So some people don't have a taste of what division one football was like the real way. Yeah. And, you know, it is what it is right now. And I think there's probably, you know, and we got to, you know, it was tough for us last year, even with the split group that we were tough, but it was, it happens in high school, you know, you yeah, know oh yeah, coach and you played and cycles happen. And right now we're in a little bit of a down cycle in the, uh, I think we'll be, we, when we ever have football, Jeff, I think we'll be 100% better this year than we were a year ago. That's
1: awesome. Is there, like, a style play? And you had mentioned that, like, you switched the style. Is there a style play that you would like
2: to you kind of stick with? Or is there um, just go well, with the that you have? So, I think, personally, we're not big enough to come go toe-to-toe with some of the big schools, mm-hmm. you know, like Hendrick and LaSalle, teams that you need to be. So, we try to spread the offense out. If, I'd love to have a quarterback. And, you know, 12, 13, and 14, my quarter, you know, 12 and 13, especially my quarterback threw for over 5,000 yards. Wow. 16 and 17, my quarterback, Justin Nery who's at URI right now. Um, you know, Alex Clavese was the quarterback in 12 and 13, broke all the records at Curry College, was the Golden Helmet Player of the Year in Division Three football. Wow. Um, Al- Justin Neri, who was our quarterback in 16 and 17, broke Alex's touchdown passing record. He threw uh, for 30, I forget, 30-something touchdowns in one year. Wow, that's crazy. Um, so we had a lot. We were a spread football team. Yeah. And that would be ideal uh, because we can't go – it's hard for us to go toe-to-toe because of the size of our kids. We don't always have big kids.
1: Yeah. So yes. we
2: have to try to utilize some of our athleticism that we have and find – and if a quarterback can throw the football, I think you have a chance to win football games in the Division One level. I think in other levels, you can run the football um, – I just think there's a major difference when you have to go up against those schools. And the reason we almost beat Hendricken in, in 13 and the reason we competed with them in 16 and 17 is because we could throw the football quite a bit. Yeah. It's, it's tough to play against those teams that, you know, they recruit. and it's They tough. bring anybody in. They bring yeah. a lot of kids in. And then their next guy is as good as the guy that left. Yeah. Exactly. It's a challenge. And we lose one guy. And, you know, I know I'm going back eight years ago in 2012 when we lost the playoff game. My best player, my running back, my strong safety, my defensive end, my starting guard, all got hurt in the first half. We were ahead at halftime, twenty-one fourteen. Oh my god, that's that's really a Them right before we lost both of them right before halftime. Wow. And I couldn't. We did the best we could, but that kid, you know how it is. That yeah. kid was just. Those two kids were so good. I couldn't move. I couldn't get another kid that could do what they do.
1: Yeah, exactly.
2: You, have you know, Athletic kids. That yeah, it's so not the awesome. same. I didn't have a replacement. So that's the challenge when you play the depth and my kids were all on the kickoff team, punt team. <laughs> you <Yeah. laughs> were on everything. You know? Yeah. so
1: That's awesome. That's, that's, yeah. that's great. Uh, yeah. And like you said, it's tough to compete, but you guys are doing it. It seems like I just went yep. a good chunk of it yeah. and those cycles come, coming in and out. Uh, yeah. You know, what's your outlook for the upcoming season?
2: Well, if we have a season, which I hope, um, I certainly think we'll be a much better football team. I think we have, um, some, like I said, six freshmen started last year. That's and, that's- you know, two of them were offensive linemen. One was a running back. One was our starting cornerback. Um, and one was our middle linebacker. And he's wow. a running back, linebacker. So I think we have the makings of a competitive, much more competitive football team. And I think if the quarterback that's transferring in, will – do well. And I think he's, I've worked with him this summer. He came to our practices. If he, if he comes through and does what he needs to do, um, that will change the game. Cause he's a big time quarterback. He's a sophomore who can, and they'll get us back to what we're comfortable with in terms yeah. of game, you know? And uh, that's what we need. We need a kid that can throw the football. And uh, I think we can be much more competitive. Um, defensively, we return everybody except for two kids. Wow. That's so, and then offensively, we, Get a quarterback in that. And now our quarterback was a very good runner, it was fast, can now move to another position on the offensive side of the ball. That's awesome. That's really yeah. that's that that'd um, be great. <laughs> that's our hope. I mean, if we have one, like I said, unfortunately, I don't know what's gonna happen, but I'm praying that we have some sort of season to at least showcase these kids, even if it's a non non for non playoff play, non championship play, which I think may be one of the things they're discussing just games. Yeah, just
1: to just to get out there and play. Just to play, yeah. Yeah, and like, what's that situation like? With I know it's tough of up in the air, but have you guys been like,
2: has the R I L L have been in touch with you at all? Oh, or- so, we, our athletic director is the communicator.
1: Yeah,
2: uh, they have not told. The only thing we know as of now is that it's going to be a full two season in February. Wow, from February twenty second to April twenty fifth, and with the lovely weather we have in Rhode Island, I cannot wait to go <laughs> out onto the field at 22 degrees <laughs> afternoon on February 23rd. <laughs> I was uh, say, uh, especially okay. down at Wesley, those kids down there, those poor kids go out on that. We have turf. At least we'll, at least we'll have a stadium. to pre- But I think people are going to have trouble getting on a field in terms of practicing because it's going to be a dip. Fields are not going to be ready in February.
1: No. It's going to be like uh, cement pretty much. It like is. It that. is. And
2: then it's going to muddy. And then it's going to be a slippery situation. And then when it gets cold, it's going to be a problem for you know, and it's going to be a – it's going to be a difficult situation. But – and especially if we have a bad winter, we know how baseball becomes in, eight, in uh, March 15th when they try to start. There's no baseball that doesn't get – they don't get on the field till April.
1: Yeah, exactly. Yeah, so, it's, going to, it's going to be interesting how it all plays out for you guys. Yeah, and, and as far as
2: games, I think it's going to be regional games where you're going to play a pod of peep teams. Yeah. The region. So, you know, for example, we might end up playing West Hendrickson, the Wallach schools, Coventry, the, our general pod. Yeah, that's what I've heard they've been talking about.
1: Yeah, that's it's it's tough. It's a tough situation, and it's just like a weird. It's it's weird. It's really weird that have right. high school football in February of all time. Right, you're right. You know, yeah, you know. the
2: colleges too. University of Rhode Island, all these their conference spring football. They yeah. play all spring, but they can play. You know, March, April, and May. You know, before they get out in school, they can play a eight game schedule, and you know, it'll be different. But they'll be they'll be out in the cold too. Yeah. You know, so. So it's,
1: it's, it's tough. It's really tough. It's a weird. It's such a weird thing. And hopefully, we get back to nor- some kind of normalcy by yeah. next year. I hope. But it's a
2: little
1: tough. It's I. It's it's funny. I had this conversation with someone. It's weird how a mask is just really could becoming a. Uh, yeah. You know, like just a part of our life that we just have to wear. Absolutely. And it's they like, were
2: talking about you know even playing with masks today. I heard today that high school soccer may be, have to wear a mask when they're on the field. Really? That's what I heard. That's gonna. I mean, you know the sport. I mean, I think to try to breathe with a mask playing soccer. They told they could have a break if they're not near the play field, the ball. They could maybe take their mask off if they're. You know, if you're the defender and the ball's up, you know you can take the mask off behind you. Yeah. um, Off the balls, you know the goalie obviously can, but supposedly the mask have to be on. They're talking about it. Wow. That's that's
1: yeah that's huge. It's tough to it's tough to breathe in those things, no um, matter what you do. Even if you run, yeah. you have a short. Oh, somebody
2: had a good point. Like you put a mask on and you hold a match about six inches away and try to bre- try to blow out the mask. Try to blow out the candle. Yeah, that's that's true. One, you'll 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 never be able to get your breathe to get it done. But that's yeah. true, and that's absolutely going to be a problem. But so there, are all these all these situations and protocols that are going to be put in place in terms of temperature check. Uh, COVID, you know, you could have a game on a Thursday and somebody becomes positive and your whole team gets quarantined. Game's out on Friday night.
1: Yeah, exactly.
2: Transportation. Yeah. No no busing. Weekend games. Maybe no JV or freshman. There could be issues with that. Wow. That's crazy. Yeah. Yeah. It's just a tough situation,
1: but I hope for your sake, Coach, that uh, you guys are able to take the field eventually, and um, sure. you know, I definitely have to come up and catch a game for yeah. in the stands. And <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, I'll be there. <laughs> yeah, show you guys on. And uh, uh, yeah, I have a uh, one last question, and we'll, well wrap it up. Yeah. Uh, who's your favorite professional team? And what are your thoughts on them?
2: Oh. Football-wise? Yeah, football-wise. Huge Patriots fan. Huge Patriots fan. But, uh, you know, I, I don't eat, sleep, and drink it like everybody else does, but I love watching the Patriots. <laughs> and, uh, you know, I've watched them since I've grown up, um, way back to Sam Cunningham, who was a Steve Grogan, who was yep. their quarterback. You may have seen videotape highlighted him. <laughs> no, he actually owns a store in Mansfield, Grogan Marciano. Really? Store, so that's his. I don't know if you ever heard of it, but that's that's the – you know, but – yeah, so big Patriots fan. I'm a big sports fan. But football-wise, certainly I enjoy watching the Patriots on Sunday. And, you know, I, yeah, that's my, that's, that's my football team. Yeah, that's my football team. <laughs> what do you think about Cam Newton being the quarterback? I think he's going to be different. I think as long as he stays healthy, he has a dimension that's difficult to uh, defend. Yeah. You know, yeah. and that's the thing. And I think that's going to create a – if he's healthy, he's going to create a different dimension than they've ever had. Yeah, I think Bell be – wanting a guy
1: like that yeah i
2: think it's it's a challenge as an offensive coach when I, mean, I have a guy like that that you know see what he can do and not saying he's not even close to tom brady but he's going to be a different dimension
1: yeah be a big help for them yeah. for, for sure Be fun to watch
2: i think yeah so.
1: <laughs> yeah that's awesome. that's great all right one one last last question sure. i apologize what's the one thing that you like to do outside of football that like you enjoy or like you know one thing around Rhode Island maybe that you like
2: oh I certainly during this time I, I do enjoy my own like to walk exercise do that that's really for me mentally to get out and do that. Yeah. Um you know I I occasionally like to get out and golf. Oh, there you go. Like to do that so that's an occasion I like to do that if I can. And uh you know those types of things, you know. So but you know nothing nothing out of the ordinary. About <laughs> <laughs> taking care of walking and you know uh golfing if I can do that and uh you know, watching, you know, game shows and different things that I enjoy. So that's nothing too crazy, you know, so that's really, that's really good. Nothing. Yeah. uh Golf doesn't have too much stress, right? No, not at all. No. <laughs> you have a bad shot and you think it should be that, Then you go a little bit, but that's, yeah. that's why I do it more for relaxation. It's not my life and death thing. That's great. That's awesome coach. Well, Thank you so much,
1: coach, for yeah. your time. I really appreciate it. This has been awesome. Uh, always welcome back on. Always uh, always recurring anytime you want to come back on. I would appreciate it. And uh, yeah. thank you so much for making time out of your day for me and uh, the listeners.
2: You're welcome. Thanks, Jeff.
1: All right, coach. Take it easy. Have a good I'm one. You too. Take care. All right. Bye-bye. Bye.
0: That was my interview with coach Tom Satori. I hope you guys really enjoyed that episode with him. Great, great time. Really enjoyed our conversation. Can't thank him enough for coming on the show. I wish him the best of luck this season, and hopefully we can have him on during the season and give us some updates of what's going to happen. Best of luck to them. On the next episode, we will have the offensive lineman coach and the run game coordinator and the recruiting coordinator for Brian Football, Coach Coach Siatsi. A lot of fun talking to Coach I Had I really enjoyed our conversation together. You guys would definitely enjoy this one. I hope you guys enjoy the episode as well too. It will be on Thursday.